Welcome to the Crossing Church Rewind, brought to you by the teaching team of the Crossing Church in Westminster, Colorado, where we dive a little deeper and explore a little further the ideas and themes shared from this past weekend at the Crossing Church. Be sure to catch up on our weekly sermons by visiting our website, crossingchurch.org slash messages. And as always, you can catch us live on Facebook every Sunday at 1030 Mountain Time. Well, welcome in. My name is Pastor Nathan. I am the creative arts and teaching pastor here at the Crossing Church. And joining me today, I'm Pastor Mark. I'm the discipleship pastor. And I'm just Brian, somehow the lead pastor. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. That's true. And the uh, the speaker from this past weekend as we continued on in our series on Daniel, an unshakable series. But first, we had a fun little moment because just this past week, Pastor Brian, you turned 50, 56 years yeah, old. Yeah, you emphasized that so strongly <laughs> that it was a stinger. I really, really wanted to get one of those uh, horse saddles on wheels and see if I could make you sit on it like those uh, steak restaurants around the area. That would have been, would you have done it? Had I rolled one out on stage, could there have been enough peer pressure from the congregation to get you to sit on it? Uh, probably so. I probably would have done it, but uh, I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. Well, did you do anything fun for your birthday? Well, I did uh, get to do a little family time and hit the top golf. And uh, top golf is fun, except when your son hits the ball a lot further than I do, and that's it was painful. <laughs> it was super. It was a great. It was a good family time. Good food, and they have. Injection donuts. Oh, I've had those before. Where oh. You can just fill your donut with as much as you want. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's like when a syringe is legal. I mean, it was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a Boston cream guy, so you probably... That's exactly what I put in. Did you put the syringe in the donut or just straight, just straight into your in mouth? Straight your mouth, yeah. Uh, I... Kim, Kim was in charge of the syringe because she seemed like the logical person. That's my wife. So, yeah, she, she handled it. That's probably a little bit smarter. Well, good. We're glad you had a great birthday, and thank you for sharing with us over this past weekend. We got to dig into the book of Daniel just a little bit further. We talked about the fiery furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. That's always a fun name. You should name your first kid that. Uh, anybody listening, name your kid Nebuchadnezzar because... They'll hate you for life, but yeah. But they'll be memorable. People will know who they are. Well, let's take a minute just to listen to a quick little recap of the weekend and see what happened. So we're all growing in our faith, and faith comes easier or more difficult depending upon maybe personality, who you are, background. But I want to get to the faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that faith just sort of comes easy. And, and, And it doesn't mean it's not a struggle sometimes, but it's just a fact. God is with me in the fire. God is with me in the turbulence. I want to talk a little bit about these three qualities of standing firm on a bad day in your faith. And so the first thought I want to throw out to you is this. Faith obeys God instead of following man. Second thought on standing firm is faith obeys in spite of what it sees. If I said to you guys, uh, God is able. How many of you are like, amen, God is able. I mean, you know that God is able. I want to take God is able even further. All right, I want you to, I want to tell you that God is willing. He, he is also able and willing to be in your fire, to be in your mess. We can allow circumstances to define us. We can allow negative thoughts and understanding to dominate our mind and our hearts. Third thing is this, standing firm, faithful obedience is our responsibility. The outcome is God's. And and I want you to notice something, that that he he saved them 
uh, in the furnace, but not from the furnace. They still had to go through it. They still were in it, but God was there with him. And God was right in the middle of things. And, and God was working in, in, in a big and special way. It might be that what has got you bound up, what's got you in this trial, what's got you going through this, this potential to bow down to something other than God is exactly the situation where he says, apply and grow in your faith. And I will set you free. Man. Bring in the fire. <laughs> Drop pun, the mic, baby. Pun intended, though. But let's talk a little bit about that weekend. Uh, as you're going into this, in this particular part of Daniel, what are you thinking about? What are you prepping for? What's what's hitting your mind as you're hearing this story and reading it over and over? I'm thinking about the, uh, the incredible sense of conviction that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had in, in all of their different situations that they faced in this fiery furnace, especially, they just, they, they just didn't waffle. They didn't, they didn't bow down. They predetermined. That's a word that I'm, I'm been, was thinking a lot about is they just knew what they, what they thought. They knew what their convictions were. They knew what their belief was. They knew it. We're not going to, we're not going to compromise our stance with God. And, and, and I just think that that is a really, that is a really special thing. Yeah, no, that's I think that that's something that uh, you, we talk constantly throughout this entire week about faith and this this idea of um, just not only it being unwavering, but um, you know even in the midst of your own circumstances, um, and and that's uh, just despite any kind of any kind of issues, any kind of uh, you know temptation to go otherwise. Because let's be honest, faith is not always easy. Faith is not something that is done. Uh, you know, when it's the the simplest thing, sometimes you have to be faithful in the midst of incredibly trying times. And I mean, we see that here. I'd, I'll be honest, if I was being threatened with a fiery furnace, I, I would question. I, I, and yet here in Daniel, in the book of Daniel, you know, these three, um, they seem rock solid. Yeah, and they and they they could have rationalized this thing. They, they could have just they could have just said, well, let's just go ahead and go with the crowd and everybody else is bowing down. But we just we won't worship. Well, yeah, and there's a sense they could they could kind of secretly hide things and just put on appearances enough to not be forced into a furnace or other things, but but they thought it was better that they stand so firm in their convictions that they didn't just hide their faith, but they lived it out. Yeah. Yeah. I I gotta ask a question. So you you brought up you brought up Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. How to pronounce that. At what point did we decide to start mispronouncing Abednego? When I learned it in children's church okay, back so a long time ago. That's always been, it, for me, it's always been Abendigo as well. That's what I've heard. Abendigo. But, but if you look at the spelling and you look at the pronunciation, it's actually Abednego. It's like February. Oh, yeah. Don't get don't. me started on that. <laughs> I, that's a personal hot button for Pastor Mark. <laughs> I hit February. Yeah, February. Brain just shuts off when I'm trying to say the word. Yeah. Though. But I like how we went in through this weekend. We talked about them standing firm, but you you gave some permission in it too. Um, there was one point in, in this weekend sermon. If you haven't got a chance to listen to it or watch it, I highly recommend going to crossingchurch.org and checking that out. But but you gave permission to doubt in there as well. Like it, it, it doubt is is a great dancing partner with faith. The opposite of faith isn't doubt. The opposite of faith is certainty. And in these storms, in these fires, in these furnaces and struggles that we have as we adapt it to our life. It's okay to have a little doubt. 
And, and you said that, but you also went on and said, but it's not okay just to live there, right? You got you to gotta figure out how to move past that and remember that God is faithful through it all. And I think, I think people, the interesting thing from my perspective, uh, doing, doing this church thing from the front, from the platform and looking out, is when I talked about, hey, this room, there's doubt in here. There's, there's negative, difficult circumstances and thinking. You literally could see, I could see pained look, looks on people's faces. And, and because the reality is this, this whole thing is hard. And, and it's not, it is not easy to, to just, you can't just dig down deep and get some faith. And, <laughs> and, and I, I wish we could pull your faith up by the bootstraps. Yeah, exactly. But, but it's, it, it takes some time and it takes some digging and it takes some prayers and it takes some just believing. And that's why I just go full circle back to, you know, these three just understood where they, you know, what they were all about and whose they were. And were just, just had a no compromise attitude. Well, and, and how big of a difference that is for them, the, the fact that they had each other as well. You know, I, I think, you know, I think you actually even asked the question at one point, you know, who in here in this sanctuary, in this, in this worship center is, is going through a tough time and, you know, hands going up all over the place. And, and for us to kind of realize, Oh, Hey, they don't have it all figured out. They don't have it all together. You know, that's, it's maybe a little affirming even of our own struggles and saying, you know what? Oh, okay. They don't have it figured out either, but yeah, let's, let's do this together. Let's, let's figure this out how to do this together. And when, when you've got, you know, Shadrach, Meshach and, and Abednego, Abednego. See, you can't, yeah, you can't, you do, can't, it. can't do it. It's so ingrained uh, in your head. You know, when, when they're, when they're approaching this furnace, you know, imagine if there's only one of them, you know, would, would that have made the decision any easier, any harder? I, you know, I, I don't know, but there's solidarity in community yeah. of like-mindedness, right? Yeah. Not, not group think, but a, a group of people that think alike. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Also, let's take just a quick pause here. If you're hearing you like that, I've been, I've been waiting to figure out how to He's use been, that. He, we, we've got some toys here with yeah. the podcast. If you're Shocker. hearing in the background of this particular podcast, like all sorts of strange noises from, uh, there's grinders, there's screw guns, there's hammers. Uh, the church is under construction. We're yeah. kind of remodeling the lobby and a lot more and, and it's good. Uh, we just have to work around it here. It's been a very loud couple weeks uh, in the office. But uh, it's progress. Things are changing. We're excited for how our new lobby is going to look, and we hope you'll come check it out. So back to our regularly scheduled program now. So the dust and the cough are progress. Yeah, yeah that's exactly that's good. good. Oh, They're man. Good well, here's, here's what I was thinking about while we were talking earlier is, is it's interesting to me that we know, or a lot of you that are listening to this podcast, you, you know the outcome of the story. You, you know that God is going to show up in a very unique way. At least a lot of you might. But, but they didn't. Right. No. <laughs> right. They, they, they didn't know the rest of the story at that point. That even makes what they're doing even more impressive. Yeah. This is a guy that in the middle of a storm is napping, right. And gets up and goes, be still, right. The disciples are freaked out. These are fishermen that have been on boats that have been through massive storms. And for the first time we're seeing this glimpse of them, they're facing this storm and they think they're going to die. And Jesus just wakes up and I imagine I'm kind of stretching just a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're like, Ugh, you know, it's not comfortable to sleep on a boat. Just says, be still. And in the midst of this fiery furnace, we find this other figure in there with them that looks like a God, as the scripture says, and they're walking around and they're calm and God was with them. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to think that in the midst of our trials and tribulations, you know, it's okay to just take a nap, you know, God, <laughs> God you know, Jesus did it. I mean, well, a, cra- a crazy thought. So the soldiers, uh, the biggest, 
he also, when Nebuchadnezzar called for the soldiers to come and tie them up and do their thing, he called for the biggest, the biggest, I think that's always amusing. I love the little details of scripture, the most strongest, the strongest of them, you know, get the strong guys out here to tie them up. And then when they were getting ready to throw them in, uh, they actually, the soldiers, they actually burned up. So then it begs the question. So they burned up. Did they just jump in themselves? Yeah. Who, who, who actually got close enough that, Anyway, Mark, well, you know, Mark, can you help me with that? And well, and, and that's actually, I mean, <laughs> for, first it cracks me up. You're talking about the big, strong guys. Like these right. were teenagers. Like these right. were, you know, I, yeah, I've met some in shape teenagers, but like 29, I think I could probably take a 17 year old. Like, I, I don't know. I, maybe, but at I least you know a guy. Well, yeah, I do. Know, yeah. I stop at about six year old girl. That's about the level that but, I could handle. Yeah. But too easy. just <laughs> way too easy. I'm not even going there. But th- this idea of, you know, you're talking about them just throwing themselves into the furnace almost. I mean, it's scripture says, you know, they fell down into the furnace, you know, and that's a, um, it, and if you're unfamiliar with what a furnace back then looked like, it wasn't like this nice, big, open, like it was probably a pit in the ground that was covered. Um, and the way that they had all of this kind of, uh, the, the technology back then, um, you know, obviously very different than what we would have today, but, um, all of that air would have been drawn up out of the ground. So yet they actually would have fallen into the furnace, um, which is polar opposite of what they're unwilling to do. They're unwilling to fall, uh, down at the feet of this statue that they've been commanded to worship. Now, what was the word? Uh, that you used in service <laughs> when you talked about this, this figure showing up with them. What, what was that magical theological word? I think it was a Christophany. Yeah. I am a theological wizard. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. Yeah, you caught me so off guard with that word in service. Like I'm, I'm staring at my phone, checking in on the live stream. There's a few of us that like to watch it to, you know, return uh, comments for comments and just interact a little bit. And all of a sudden I hear Christophany. And I look up and you weren't even reading it, which means you had memorized it. <laughs> I actually might've known what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah just, I'm not just the funny guy around here. No, Nate. cause you are. I am a theological <laughs> wizard. wizard. Oh, just the emphasis. All right. Real quick pull. Um, if we made t-shirts that said, I am a theological I, wizard I for <laughs> email podcast at crossingchurch.org. Let us know if you want a t-shirt, if we, we should produce a t-shirt that says, I am a theological wizard. I am a theological wizard. Okay. That, that's, that's, I can that's get enough. behind that. I can get behind I that. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's yeah. much better than love anyways on a sweatshirt. Right. Yeah. A pink one. <laughs> it's more it's mauve. All right. My bad. <laughs> But yeah, there's, there's depth in this story, but we digress, but there's depth in this story. And there's, uh, there's so many little details. I love those little tiny details that they talk about. Um, and you mentioned the one, like they didn't even smell like smoke coming out. Like it's an unnecessary detail that we can easily seem to miss, but it is, it, it talks to the power and the hand of God that was with them in that moment. Like you don't come home from a bonfire, not smelling like a bonfire. You don't come out of a furnace. Well, you don't come out of a furnace, right, actually, right. But, <laughs> but you don't come out without at least a singed hair or the smell of something. Yeah, no. And, and just, I mean, the power of God in that moment, but also, um, you know, just the, maybe that sheer moment of recognition in, in that first initial moment for Nebuchadnezzar of like, oh man, who am I dealing with? Like there's, there's, a, there's fear there. I mean, there's, there's a terrifying fear and it's actually interesting, uh, Pastor Nate, that you bring up the the story of, of Jesus being in the boat. Um, so one of our small groups, we actually just went over that, that narrative last night and, and this idea. Um, so shortly after that, 
you know, after the boat, they get there and it's, uh, the, the demoniac, um, Legion, the pigs, if you're unfamiliar with the story, check it out, Mark chapter five. Um, but it's at the end of it, when all of these pigs run into the water and the, the demons have been sent into them and, and, uh, the townsfolk show up and it, they ask Jesus to leave cause they're terrified. Yeah. They have no, they're like, who is this guy? Who, who are we actually dealing with that? He has power over demons, that he has power over the very inherent nature that is in front of us. Uh, and I think that's Nebuchadnezzar is seeing that exact same thing here. He's terrified. Well, and he, yeah, he's terrified, but he also, uh, towards the, towards the end, he says, praise to the praise to the God, uh, of these, of these guys. And so I think, uh, that there's some obvious, uh, there's evidence here that not only is, you know, it's, it's scaring the heaven out of him. I mean, he's, <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's, he's starting to understand there might be something to this capital G God. Yeah. I, that was good. I'm a theological <laughs> wizard. We got to take that away from uh, yeah. Well, and, and Nebuchadnezzar actually, I mean, he goes on uh, later in chapter three in Daniel, uh, you know, to say anybody who trashes the name of this guy, that that's the Mark paraphrase. Uh, you know, anyone, anyone who speaks ill of this guy, like you're going to get beat. I mean, there, there's punishment for this. Um, yeah. You know, it's so it's he doesn't quite go all the way because he he still says, well, there's you know some other gods, but we'll we'll allow this one now to be worshipped. But this is part of that that story that we're talking about that we're pulling out of Daniel in this unshakable series that they they stood up for their convictions and they stood up for their faith and they stood up for what they believed, but they weren't necessarily jerks about it. They didn't beat Nebuchadnezzar over the head. They just lived it out. Yeah. They lived it out in real life. And we read later on, yeah, he's he's starting to, his heart starts to soften. He's changing, like their testimony of living their faith out and standing on their convictions started to change this person, not them proselytizing or beating them over the head with a Bible or doing anything like that. They just lived it. And, and often when I hear stories like this of Daniel and a few others in scripture, I, we always go to that Christianese phrase of being in the world, but not mm-hmm. of the world. And it's always been used, uh, at least in our particular denomination, as kind of a, a legalistic list of, well, if you're in the world, you watch these movies. If you're in the world, you do this. And, uh, you know, you don't drink, you don't chew, you don't go with girls that do type of thing. <laughs> you know, you knew that phrase. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've had a life before. Yeah. But um, but I really believe a lot of times the way we interpret this being in the world and not of the world is, is how we react in these moments, how we live out our faith in these moments of the furnace, how we live out our, our life and our faith in the moments of trials and tribulations and hurt and pain. It's not so much a list of do's and don'ts as much as it's a how to be faithful through storms because the world doesn't do that, right? Yeah. We, we can easily tank if we're living by the world standards in a situation um, and, we, and we turn to drinking or drugs or, or sex or these other things and we fill those voids that faith could so easily come in and be comforting with worldly things, it's not that those things are necessarily bad, but we're using them in ways to comfort ourselves and we're replacing God and God's comfort and God's hand in those situations with these other vices. Yeah, no. And, and actually I think it was, it was one of your, one of your first sections you, you talked about what faith is, you know, and, and uh, this idea of faith ob- obeys despite what it sees, you know, and I think in, in that element of, you know, how is it, um, you know, working in the midst of the world, but it's not something, you know, directly from out of the world. You know, faith is incredibly counter logical. You know, if that's a, if that's a word, if that's a phrase, you know, it, it's, it's counter what makes sense. Um, you know, it, faith is, it, 
it's not about self-preservation. You know, it's not about, um, you know, what's best for me. It's, it's not about, um, you know, how do I get out of this, uh, in a positive light? Faith is saying, all right, this is what I'm going to do regardless. Uh, and whatever happens, happens. If we really wanted to live in the world and not of the world, we'd be Amish, right? Like yeah. I grew up, I grew up around Amish and like they, they hold their faith completely separate from the world. And they live kind of in this cloistered community that like you barely can even interact with them. And I don't think that's necessarily what we're called to do in this world. If we're called to be a light, if we're called to live our faith, if we're called to even uh, act like Daniel in front of this furnace, right? It, it's to be honest. It's to hold our convictions true is to live out our faith amongst people who might not agree sure. with us or hold those convictions the same way. Well, they had, they had incredible influence and stayed classy. You know, they, <laughs> you they stay just, classy, San they, Diego. They, they did. They, they found a way to just be respectful, stay classy, stood for their convictions, weren't annoying and, and they weren't judgmental, but they, but they were firm. So, I mean, there was a point in this passage where they basically told the King, we're, we, we don't really have to defend ourselves against you. Um, and I love that phrase that you brought out too, because there's this this powerful uh, counterintuitive, countercultural type of idea in this. But even if he doesn't, right? These right. three say, right. but even if our God doesn't show up, we still won't bow down, and we will still believe. Yeah. Like I mean, that to me, every time I read that, that but even if he doesn't, it just sinks in and it holds in, and it is completely counterintuitive to any form of faith, right? Like. Yeah, but if he doesn't show up, that gives me really good reason to doubt or to have think back and maybe I should have bowed down. But right, no, and that's that, that makes me think of uh, you know this idea of who is who is the God that's going to show up and doing the saving? You know, who, who is going to be the one that that steps in and frees you from your bonds and pulls you out of that fiery furnace? Um, you know, it, it's actually uh, incredibly very similar language that we see in Exodus um, in in this. Uh, the narrative of the Israelites trying to get away from Pharaoh and, and, and Moses going to, to Pharaoh and just saying, you know, let my people go. And, and if not, you know, we're going to be delivered, like regardless if you're a part of this or not. And, and, uh, and Pharaoh, excuse me, just says, you know, who is the Lord that will save you? I don't know this Lord. Um, and, and lo and behold, it didn't turn out all that well for, for Pharaoh. You know, it's evidently Nebuchadnezzar forgot to read that part of the history textbook, <laughs> but. Well, when it says, but he, even if he doesn't, I'm just inspired by, by their faith. I know that we have, there, there's a handful, a, a, not, a, not a huge amount of people who, who would say, well, that's what I would have done. I mean, I would have just, <laughs> yeah, I would have jumped in the furnace. I, I got jumped it. in. And, and, and because, but, but I think there is, there is something to be inspired by this, to just completely go all in for the fact that uh, my God's going to, going to take care of me one way or another. And that's where we, I think about the fact that having the idea that this is only a temporary visit, yeah. that I'm, that I'm, I'm here, you know, now that I'm 56, as was Ooh. brought up several times, uh, you know, as I'm getting closer uh, to whatever that is, uh, uh, I mean, I'm going to keep raising the number, but if we get 90, 90 years here, this is a, this is a temporary place, but man, could I, would I have the faith to just say, okay, yeah. uh, I'm jumping in. Well, and we... We can be honest, like here in America, we don't really face any actual persecution for our right. faith. Like we're not right. put in front of a firing squad or in front of a furnace and challenged. And and so the idols that we're given a choice between worshiping or not don't have necessarily immediate responses such as death that these three faced. Um, but idols of money or of sex right. or, or self-gratification, these other things that we put in place long-term 
break us down and, and, and essentially kill us, at least spiritually yeah. in some sense. So, well, and just, I mean, imagine in, in the midst of all of that, the, just the willingness, you know, Pastor Brian, you brought up the, the willingness to say, no matter what, I turn it over to God. I mean, imagine what kind of freedom that is. Um, you know, it's, I, I'm sitting here and I would like to say, you know, that, oh yeah, I, I, I'm sold out for God. You know, I, I want God to have everything of, of mine, you know, and, and, and I think I, and I've made that agreement, um, you know, but it's like, I'm so not, you're entirely sanctified. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but you know, according to my district paperwork, yes, absolutely. But, but you know, it's a, a willingness to say and, and to serve God, no matter what. Um, and, and you know, despite, despite any kind of problems, despite any kind of, you know, um, you know, whether it is Western idols or if it is a firing squad or an underground church or whatever, whatever my circumstances might be. I mean, just how freeing is that to be able to say, I am yours, you are mine. Uh, and that's that. So we're facing, we're facing a fiery furnace, but we probably, we're really not in, especially in America, there's not, you know, I'm not worried this week that I'm going to, that I'm going to fry. Right. I probably shouldn't say that, <laughs> but, 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 but it's, that's terrible. But, but that there is going to be, like you're mentioning the storm and peace be still, there, there are some storms. Yeah. There are yeah, some things, absolutely. there are some unknowns. Real things. So, so then. And don't, uh, don't let us. We don't want to think about, we're not minimizing our actual storms or problems right, by right. comparing them to other things. Like pain is pain, like, and yeah, it hurts right. to go through. Yeah. So, uh, but I also mentioned that a faith that is tested is a faith that can be trusted. And, and, and I, I know that in my life, the times where I have gone through storms or my own real fiery furnace, whatever that might've been, that that's when my faith grew. That's when yeah. I realized that God's presence was undoubtedly with me. And I'm super thankful for having experienced that. And I'm, my roots of uh, Christian maturity go down deeper because of them. Well, yeah. you told one particular story, if you're, if you're willing to share with the podcast uh, listeners, which I kind of put you on the spot. So you can kind of come out looking bad if you say no at this point, <laughs> yeah. but you shared go it from the it. pulpit or the platform. So you went through a phase in your life in your early twenties, mid twenties, uh, yeah. mid twenties, chronic fatigue syndrome, right? Yeah. I, I went through this thing. I, they didn't even know what to name it back then. They were calling it Epstein Barr. They had these yeah. people that were working on things and, and now they call it chronic fatigue. And, and the whole idea, man, I was, I was a youth pastor at the time. I was preaching to teenagers about having faith and God's going to take care of you. And, and I was just, I was having trouble some mornings, even getting out of bed. And when I when I did and was able to get to the church, I was exhausted after an hour and I couldn't keep my eyes open and I was super fatigued and tired. We had a family doctor in the church. He was, he was trying to help me. I would go to his office and he'd, he, he was nice. He didn't roll his eyes, but he should have. And, and I just, I was, I wanted him to tell me what was wrong. And I was going through this deal and uh, I had so many people tell me, well, you just, you just need to, you know, God's going to take care of you. And I'm like, when? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I am ready. But so, so I understand, I understand the little bit of the fiery furnace or, or the storm. And somebody asked me after, after service, how did you get over? How did you get over that chronic fatigue? Because I think they didn't say it, but I think they were going through some stuff. And, and I said, you know, it was, it was, you know, my, my prescription for him was rest, grow, pray, believe, continue. <laughs> But Repeat. even if he does <laughs> exactly. it, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. still have faith. Yeah. You actually got to walk through one of my worst storms of my life here. Um, always been known for my singing voice from a young, young age. Um, 
always been known as that kid with the huge voice and different things. And so I, I kind of rested my identity in that and started a band. We toured at leading worship and we started working at church leading worship and moved out here. And it wasn't too long after being here when a few friends pulled me aside and just said, Hey, something just seems off. And things felt weird to me as well. And so I went to get my, my vocal cords checked out. And I had like basically an acute vocal cord paralysis where my left vocal cord wouldn't close properly. And your body physically tries to, which was causing me to go way off pitch or way under pitch or, or different things. And, and when I have placed more of my identity in, in that talent than I did truly in God's calling on my life, like I was about ready to walk away from ministry completely. Like I was frustrated. This is what I knew I was called to do. Uh, I just felt so challenged, so afraid, so hurt through all of it that I, I was, I was lost. I was in this spot of just, I, I, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if I can continue leading ministry, but what's funny is through that, uh, finding time for space, finding time for prayer, finding time to really dig back into scripture and, uh, and reading more and more about different characters in the Bible, different stories and things like that. Um, you actually had asked me to preach. Uh, right after that time when I, I kind of could not sing here anymore. I was just playing guitar and was on vocal rest for six weeks and talking with a whiteboard and it was hilarious. But uh, after I came back and was slowly working my way to, you know, I think I'm close to 80% now and it's good, but not where I want to be mentally. But you're like, hey, we're doing a sermon series on movies and I want you to preach on this one. And so in the story of losing my voice in this fiery furnace that I went through, I, I literally found my voice. Right. Cause now I'm teaching way too much. You can definitely roll back on the number of times I'm preaching, but this other call in my life that I didn't even realize I had, and it took a lot out of me in those couple years through this struggle, but my faith was tested and, and, and it was tight, but you know, it's been tested and I know it's true. And I found something greater on the other side of it that I don't rest my identity in, in my voice and my preaching in this, but I rest my identity in knowing that God's got this this faith journey I'm on, but even if he doesn't show up, I still know he's got me in his hand. Yeah. Now it's just hearing those stories and and knowing that there are so many other people who, who are going through their own fiery furnace, you know, and even, even actually just before we are recording this podcast, you know, we sat as a staff and just went through prayer uh, and uh, talked about people in our church um, that have things going on, things that we have going on. And, and we just sat there and, and we, we wrestle with that. And, and, and that's, I think, that's the thing that stands out to me is in the midst of all of these stories, the thing that is consistent is we are looking for answers. We are looking for, um, you know, answers to why is this happening or why is it happening to me or, you know, whatever it might be, uh, we are looking for answers. And so it really yeah. is, where are we, you know, looking for those answers? Where are we looking uh, to find the the peace that, that we are seeking? Um, you know, it's, we might find it in worldly things, but are those lasting? Are those things that are going to keep us going long-term? And I, th and I think in these storms, what I was trying to say through the chronic fatigue is, I'm, and, and then Nate sharing his story, which, you know, I'm glad it must be dusty in here. My allergies almost flared up, <laughs> but, but it's, uh, but is, are you willing to grow through that, uh, that storm? Are you willing yeah. to, to try to still, I mean, stand firm, even when things are not going the way you wanted them to, or expected them to like that chronic fatigue. When I finally got to a point where I was willing to grow through it, I wasn't trying to dig down deeper, more faith. I was, I was trying to, I was just trying to, okay, God, I know you still got this. That was a more effective prayer than try harder. Yeah. yeah no. And I, I mean, I struggled and I, I did not handle it in a way 
that I would hope to handle it now having already gone through it. Um, but even something kind of more innocuous to, to relate, having gone through that trial, the way I've handled certain things now that arise in my life just has changed drastically. Cause we had, uh, woke up this past Wednesday morning and I'm feeding my kids and I look down <laughs> and, and Avery's left eye is like completely crossed. And I'm like, you have that panic moment though as a parent where it's like, you think the worst automatically. It's the first thing I'm like, well, he's got a brain tumor. Like something's pressing on there. It turns out he's just got a, I can't even pronounce it. Accommodative. Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> anyway, he's trying to overcompensate so that he can see and focus. He's farsighted. And, and so really we just needed to get him glasses, but through it, my wife and I are talking before we have an answer and things, I mean, he, it looked strange to us and it was so uncommon that, we're, we're a little panicked, but we both kind of pause and just said, you know, this is out of our control anyways. God's got this. And even if he doesn't, even if something happens that is greater than even what we've imagined, we know he's still got us in his hand. Yeah. And that doesn't just uh, diminish the, the fear. I know that's, you know, I, I know talking with you, you know, like the first day that you noticed it and you're like, you know, yeah, the wife's freaking out and, you know, I'm freaking out a little bit too. And, you know, as, as the, you know, as the coworker, as the pastor, as the friend, it's like, no, yeah, it's, it's all going to be fine. You know, I can say that, you know, I I can say that that's not going to calm you in any way, shape or form, but you know, there's still fear out of in in, in that. There's still fear when you lose your voice. There's still fear when, you know, an hour into your day, you're, you're worn out. You know, there's, there's fear of the unknown. Accommodative esotropia. God bless you. But (laughs) I feel you are a medical wizard. (laughs) I am a theological wizard. He's putting that on his uh, resume now. But I mean, at some point they stood firm, right? Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego stood firm. Thank you. But it doesn't mean that the fear was gone. Right. They're, they're standing in front of this furnace and, and, and for all intents and purposes, they realize this may be it. Yeah. This may be our final breath that we take. They still stood firm. They still held their conviction. They still had their faith, but it doesn't mean that the fear was completely removed at all. Yeah. I think, I think we have to just be real about things. Sometimes we think we got to just suck it up or try harder. And the reality is, is, is we don't know a lot of those outcomes, but that's where we practice our faith and we have to leave it in God's hands. And it's tough. That's Very tough. tough. Yeah. The last point that I, well, I wanted to bring up and, and you mentioned it, that something did burn in that fire though, didn't it? Yeah, it would seem to me like the uh, the ropes that they were bound up and thrown in. I, somehow they got those things tied before the soldiers. Yeah, uh, uh, kicked the bucket. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what went through my mind first. Sorry. So so you know then, but then they they were thrown in, and then they're walking around, and Nebuchadnezzar could see that they are visibly untied. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that the thing that the thing that God actually did is He burned up those ropes, which you were mentioning. They were set free. Yeah. So really, they're, that, that which they thought could potentially be the end was actually what God used to uh, grow their faith and set them free. Man, it's been a good conversation. It's yeah. been fun. We got a little deeper than I thought we were in a couple spots, but uh, you know we have a theological wizard in here to, <laughs> to thank. But as we kind of wrap things up, one final thought from each of us on this idea of facing trials, of going through our own furnaces. How can we apply this best? If you're listening to this podcast and, and you want to give that person one advice, because we all know we're going through something, uh, no matter how big, no matter how small, pain is pain and struggle is real. What advice do you give that person that's listening today that says, 
I, I don't know what to do next. Yeah, don't do it alone. Uh, just recognize that you know the church is not just some place that you show up on a Sunday morning uh, and, and hang out for an hour, grab your coffee and your donut, and hear from a theological wizard. You know, that's, <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> It's more, it's more than that. You know, church is a community. Church is, is a gathered body of people um, who, who care about one another. And, and, and we are meant to do life together. Uh, and we, we're, we're setting ourselves up for failure if we just try to do it alone. Amen. I would just throw in there, keep seeking God. Keep getting to know him better. Don't, uh, don't, don't just sort of do this. Go all in to really get to know God. And when you do, I mean, you just find out how capable uh, he really is. It's been a great day. We thank you for joining us for another episode of the Crossing Church Rewind. We'd also love to see you. If you want to join us for any one of our services, we have services on Saturday night uh, at 5 o'clock, Sunday morning at 9 and 1030 in the morning. As always, you can find more information about our church at crossingchurch.org. Be sure to check us out on Facebook or Instagram. Or if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can email them to us at podcast at crossingchurch.org. If you want to financially support the ministries of the church, you can do that online at crossingchurch.org slash give. Thanks for checking us out this week. We hope to hear from you soon. I am a theological wizard.